As a toddler and young child, I loved to watch a TV program called Video Hits. Video Hits was a program of music videos that were popular in the 80s where I live. At the time, I liked Michael Jackson, Bruce Springsteen, Phil Collins, Corey Hart, and Tiffany. I loved, still do, Tiffany's song I Think We're Alone Now. The first cassette tape I asked for and did get was Tiffany's with the song on it. From the moment I saw her picture on the cover, I was set on growing up to marry her. I would listen to that song waiting and hoping for the day to come when I could be alone with someone that loved me like that. The day when entering a public setting didn't result in all eyes on me. The day where I wouldn't have 5 million people external to me involved in every aspect of my life. My parents wanted me to grow up to marry a doctor who could take care of me because I am disabled but that was never going to happen because most of the time doctors are male. They knew I wanted to grow up and marry Tiffany but were clear about not being allowed to marry girls. In school at the time, we wore uniforms and due to my disability, I walked using braces with either a walker or crutches. Being in braces meant that tights were not protective enough against the pressure put on my skin and would likely more easily get damaged by the braces. For this reason, I was exempt from wearing tights and was permitted to wear pants. Jealousy over being able to do something the other kids were not, even though I had a reasonable explanation for it, was the last thing on earth I needed. I hated wearing pants because I felt like they made me boyish. As I got older my longer hair became a problem for others to help me with. They felt I would be better able to manage it on my own if it was short. The very thought of having short hair made me physically ill. I was not a boy. I did not want to be treated like a boy. The dual reality existed that I was also disabled which means some things like pants and short hair can be easier for someone to manage, enabling them to be more independent in caring for themselves. The same is true for wearing dresses as they go over the head. In middle and junior high school, many parents thought that one of the boys in my class was gay. I thought that meant different from the other kids, even though I wasn't entirely sure how, and I knew being disabled meant I was different from the other kids also. At the age when you begin to date and have a steady boyfriend or girlfriend, I was no exception. All the adults in my life questioned who my boyfriend was. I didn't have any interest in any boy and knew that having an interest in girls, especially admitting to that, was wrong. I felt like I was left with the only option and thought I must have to be with a boy who was different because I was different. The answer to the question of who was my boyfriend became giving people the name of that boy from my class. Around that same age, I started becoming very aware of the abusive things my parents were doing to me. Every time an argument would break out, between myself and my parents, over how they didn't love me or care about me resulted in me shouting that I couldn't wait to grow up so I could become a boy so that I would finally be able to get away from them or hurt them the way they were hurting me. I saw myself as being physically able to harm them as a boy but felt as a girl I was not able to. I'm not sure if I thought it would somehow magically just happen because I wanted it to or what, to be honest. I've never felt like I was born as the wrong gender or as if who I was on the inside didn't match up with me on the outside but have always deeply struggled with who I was and who people expected me to be. I have always been aware that I have never wanted anything to do with a male. I knew if I were to ever be in a relationship it would be with a female. On some level realizing that has always made me question if that is the reason for not liking being touched and viewing what my father was doing to me is so horribly wrong. This was further reinforced in adulthood when coming out to someone about my sexuality and their response was you just need a good screw. Sadly, that became a reality with this person. In the context of gender identity, expression, and even sexuality, there are a lot of complexities when adding disability into that mix.
When you have a disability, such as mine, where you require a caregiver to assist with things like dressing and other aspects of personal care their thoughts, opinions, and feelings about how you present to the world and the impact on them influence how gender expression and identity may play out. Many caregivers assume the role of a guardian, even in situations that do not warrant such. They also fall into the trap of assuming that a disabled person cannot make even the basic decisions for themselves based on society's narratives of disabilities. This results in a caregiver taking on the responsibility of presenting a version of a disabled person to the world that makes them look good over who the person is. They dress the disabled person how they, as the caregiver, think they should dress. Caregivers, even other people external to a disabled individual, may question why a person with a disability would want to physically transition from one gender to the other, especially if the disability has already led to many surgeries. All of these things not only affect the way individuals express themselves but the decisions they make as well as question and doubt who they are and how they feel about themselves. These are important influences and aspects of disability to acknowledge within the context of gender identity, expression, sexuality, and even equality. On top of these subtle differences, disabled people are not yet equal to other members of society.